this is one of those cases that is very, very confusing. There are a lot of twists and turns. But one of the things that we've never really been able to learn about Elnaz is who was she? We, we see the headlines. We see all the bad things. But who was she to your family? Give us a, a, a kind of a, a peek inside the window of who she was. Yes. I mean, as you mentioned, she was 38 years old. She was a young professional born and raised in Iran. Um, she had an extremely loving family. So was very close with her parents and her sister. She loved her little nephew who, you know, he, he still asks about her every day, but is a little bit too young to understand where she's actually gone. Um, but Elnaz had, had studied international business. And for the last 15 years, she was working in various roles as an expert in the shipping industry. She was very social, loved traveling around the world, loved baking. Um, you know, she was quiet, lived a quiet and decent life really with her loved ones. And, the last couple of years leading up to all of this was very difficult after she lost her husband. Um, she was He was a lovely man. He was a veterinarian, um, just a generally kind and funny person. And, you know, they married young and were very much in love. And after she passed, she, she couldn't really bear to be in the same country that held all of Jeez. their memories together. So she had decided to leave everything behind and move to Canada, took the remainder of their travel savings and used it to build a school for young women um, dedicated that to her husband, and then she left. And, and this was one of her life's biggest accomplishments, and she was very proud. And, you know, it shows you the type of person that she was. She was charitable, empathetic, kind, and extremely generous. And all of those young women loved her for dedicating so much of her life to their education. So, um, you know, just in general, a very good person who always did the right thing. Yeah, I'm not sure it's widely known that she had lost her husband. I mean, it, you, you think of those, you think of the, the last few years of what it's been like for her. I mean, losing a husband and leaving that country, trying to get a new life here in a new country, that is in itself is very daunting. So she's been through a lot and it's, and it's clear um, from the police reports and what we know now that this is a woman, Elnaz, lived in fear of, of this and I don't, I've got to be careful with some of the things we talk about because there is a court process in place. But, but is it safe to say um, that she lived in fear of this man? And, and is there a reason why, why someone would want to hurt her? Um, you know, we honestly do not know. And that, that question has been plaguing us since the very beginning. What was the motive behind all of this? Why was she being terrorized, stalked? And why was she so scared for her life in the last few weeks before she disappeared? You know, she had called a family member just days before she was kidnapped, and she sounded frantic. She knew that she wasn't safe. She didn't know where to turn, um, you know, and, and she was trying to escape her her ex, as we know from the, the criminal harassment charges. But the other men who attacked her in the parking garage were not people she was familiar with, but she was convinced right. that these incidents were related. Um, and she just she must have thought the stalking behavior from her ex was escalating. But I, I do know that... Um, one of the last things that she said to her family member was, and, and, you know, we had shared this kind of early on in the case was she said, I'm, I'm scared. And if anything happens to me, it is 1000% directed towards him. And if you never see me again, please forgive me for the pain that it causes you. Jeez. So she knew something was happening. Yeah. And just um, uh, to explain that, and it's a very complicated case, but there were two other men accused and, and they're accused of, of the beating with the, the frying pan, but they have now been charged in connection with a, a rather large car theft ring. Um, and so how it ties back to how she came to meet with them in that parking garage is still an unknown. And the police don't know the motive. So they don't exactly know. Was this a case of a, 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 a love relationship gone sour? Is this connected to the car theft ring? I mean, but but for you and the family, 
it doesn't matter. I mean, this woman's gone. You don't know what happened to her. You don't know if she's suffering. You don't know if she's alive. And, and that is an impossible, impossible uh, way to live. And certainly for her mother who spoke, uh, who issued a statement today that police, um, you know, read by, uh, you know, uh, just praying for some kind of information. But living in this vacuum of complete unknown has, uh, what's this done to the family? Um, well, you know, today marking the one year anniversary, and I can tell you the the atmosphere, life here is is brutal. We are exhausted. It's been mm. this whole year has been nonstop. Um, the family is heartbroken. Her parents are desperate for answers. Um, at this point, you know, nothing is more important than the effort put into finding her. But you can imagine the emotions have just been. You know, as her mother said today, it's an endless loop. You know, when you lose somebody to, to you know, their passing, loss of life, it is is incredibly difficult. But at least you can start the process of grieving and acceptance. But they've gone through the trails of, you know, there's a lead, there's not a lead. Um, you know, the, the families had to identify, you know, deceased people who may or may not be her. I, I think it's hard to kind of comprehend the ins and outs of something like this. Um, and the day-to-day -day life and difficulty of just waiting and trying to find answers. So it's been very difficult. And today in our family, the the emotions are, are very charged and running high. And, um, you know, it's, it's almost like reliving all of it all over again. Yeah, no question about it. Um, you know, it, it's safe to assume, given what we have learned about her and given um, the fact that police... They were aware that her car was being tracked. They seemed to be aware that she was in some sort of trouble. Otherwise, why would they have told her, go find somewhere to hide? So there was this sense that this woman is not safe. Does does the family, do you feel that she, she has been failed uh, by, by law enforcement, by protection here? Um, you know, with all of the complexities that have gone into this, it's it's kind of hard to to comment on that. Um, yeah. You know, we have had incredible support from Inspector Martin Graham um, and his team and OPP. Um, you know, we had come in when when things had initially started and Elnaz had been working directly with York Police. There's been different departments involved right. in this case. Uh, we, of course, wish that there was more done to help her um, in the very beginning. She followed all of the steps. She took police guidance. She found a safe place to hide you know, mm -hmm. she did everything. She changed her phone, her computer. She called family and friends for help. Um, and and at the end of the day, this is where where things kind of ended up. When we look at the progression of the the months leading up to this and the terror that she was going through, it's it's very difficult to think. You know, could we have done more? Is there more that could have been done um, to protect her when she had all of this evidence leading up to how? you know, unsafe her life was at the time. What do you want people uh, to know? I mean, I know that the family, I know that you all have this hope that, that she is alive and, and that is the prayer for everyone. What do you want um, people to know? And so hopefully we can jog someone's memory to come forward. You know, we just want, we know that there are people out there who know what happened there are so many uh, different individuals involved in this case that somebody must know something. And just thinking about if it was your daughter, your sister, or your mother involved mm -hmm. in this situation, how would you feel knowing that there was a person out there in the world that could just act as an anonymous Good Samaritan and come forward and just lead us to her? 
we have the hope every day that she is alive and well um, and will come home. But, you know, Alex, it's been one year and we also have to face some hard realities. So if that is not the case and hasn't been the case for this past year, then at least to be able to to give her a dignified, you know, service and, mm-hmm. and put her to rest properly, um, you know, give the family some peace and all of that could easily be done with just a tip in the right direction, just to help us get to where she is. Um, nothing is worse than not knowing and thinking that we may never know for the rest of our lives, whatever happened to her. 